0: Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast.
1: You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul.
2: And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes.
1: You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network.
3: We're
4: here to
2: entertain you. We'll sing your songs for good times, the best times.
1: Soon you'll be swaying,
2: so come on, sing along.
5: Welcome to another episode of Before My Time. I am your host, Gelsey Laurie, and this week we are talking about Cleopatra.
3: If you like music, and you like podcasts, and you like to laugh, and you like to learn, you need to immediately subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Each week on the One Hit Thunder podcast, we dive deep into the story and back catalog of a One Hit Wonder band or artist. From there, we have a good, healthy discussion as to whether they brought the One Hit Thunder or were nothing more than a One Hit wonder. We have a huge back catalog and we've done episodes on everything from Don't Worry, Be Happy and The Macarena to King of Wishful Thinking and Cumbersome. I promise you're going to love the show more than Jaquan loved getting tipsy, and even more than Bobby Boris Pickett loved making alternate versions of the Monster Match. Subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your podcasts. So Gilsey.
5: So Matt.
4: Cleopatra.
5: Yeah, coming at you. <laughs> nice. We're not talking about that, Cleopatra. We're not, we're not talking about the old 90s group.
4: So, this is my memory of you picking Cleopatra because it was kind of random. But we had a couple things lined up that we were going to do, and you messaged me, and I think what you said was, I've been reading about Cleopatra, shits wild, we're moving her to the top of the list, basically.
5: Yeah, pretty much. I The only reason I was reading about her was to kind of just glance over to see if I wanted to move forward. So I I do have a past with Cleopatra. I really loved her as a child because when I was mm, a little before preteen age, there were these books called the Royal Diaries that were really big and they read like they were the diaries of these different royal historic figures, but they kind of relate more. You know, if you're 12 or 13, you're like, ooh, it's their diary. And so there was like Cleopatra, Queen Elizabeth, um, Queen Isabel, Anastasia, Marie Antoinette, uh, probably missing someone, but I was really into it. And that's when my dad would still read with me at night. And so we read them together. And the first one I read was Cleopatra. And the cover of the book was, you know, a typical Cleopatra looking, and she had her like pet leopard. And so I really wanted a pet leopard for Christmas. And so I did get this giant stuffed animal leopard, which still lives at my parents' house. It's in some of my YouTube videos, I think. But um, the reason I got that for Christmas was because of this quote unquote, diary of Cleopatra. But they were a really cool set of books because obviously it got me to read more. And it introduced so many historical figures to me. I mean, this is why at a young age, I knew so much about all these royal figures and Cleopatra was one. And I remember, you know, obviously we all know like the idea of Cleopatra, the kind of like Egyptian bang cut yeah. look almost almost like my haircut now um more Elizabeth Taylor style and this you know glamorous idea which um a lot of us love and I do too but I remember there being something historical that I really connected to but it had just been a long time since I've revisited so that's what I was doing was revisiting it and the more I read I was like oh we're fucking doing this shit because she's a boss bitch is what Cleopatra is <laughs> well
4: teach me about her because All my right. knowledge of Cleopatra is obviously the very bare minimum rudimentary knowledge of like mm-hmm. supposedly one of the most beautiful women in all of
5: Egypt. False. Okay. This is well, false history. well,
4: well, sorry, let me clarify. I know that supposedly she's not nearly as beautiful as legend had it, but yeah. I feel like that was at a time that was what the rumor was, was that she was
1: just yeah, a gorgeous person.
5: For sure, there's a common um, kind of myth in history that Cleopatra was this like stunning, gorgeous woman, and um, she, you know, seduced two huge Roman leaders. But um, which we will get into. But um, she, she really wasn't that beautiful. The drawings of her that we do have from history, she has a much more masculine sharper, harsher features which in today's society of, of what she has, we wouldn't go, oh my gosh, she's the most beautiful thing ever. But she did have incredible insatiable charm and very intelligent. I mean, she could speak like a dozen languages um, more than any. she most of her family didn't even speak, Egyptian. She is not Egyptian. She was very well educated, math, philosophy, astronomy. So that's kind of where her charm came in. Was this whole, you know, she's got a great personality. Um, <laughs> kind of more on that round. But she's Greek Macedonian. Her her family is uh, more Greek Macedonian than that. Really not Egyptian at all. And they, she was born in sixty nine BC, and she's the daughter daughter of Ptolemy the And that was part of the. Um, Ptolemaic dynasty. Why would I do this to myself? <laughs> from 323 to 30 BC. And they ruled Egypt after the death of Alexander the Great. So it's this kind of moved over. They were under the rule of Alexander and and come from a line there. And so she really also took in a lot of the Egyptian culture and gave that a lot more attention than her family had, the her rulers before her. Um, and that really sat well with the people. It sat well, it got her far just knowing so much and, and everything. So when she was 18 years old, her father died and she took the throne, but she took it with her 10-year-old brother, Ptolemy the Thirteenth. They were married. Gross, because that's how things worked then. So she kind of though, I mean, he's 10 and she's 18, and she was a very strong independent woman. So she kind of ruled alone. Okay. In a sense, you know, because this is a child. And Ptolemy's rule was more the advisors. And it was kind of like the advisors left from the father's reign. So that's kind of what she's dealing with. She does a lot of great things while she reigns. But because of um, her independence and kind of this strong woman, uh, Ptolemy's advisors acted against her and they forced her to flee to Syria in 49 BC. So there was kind of this Mutiny, no, that's a yeah, mutiny. Can I say that? I feel like a mutiny has to be like you're gonna end up on a stranded island, but she goes to Syria, so that is where she is like, I'm not gonna take no for it. You know, she's she's strong, so she raises an army of mercenaries to face her brother in a civil war at Pelusium, which is the um, eastern border of Egypt. Meanwhile, dot dot dot. The Roman general Pompey the Great defeated was defeated by Julius Caesar. So he flees to Alexandria for sanctuary and is almost immediately murdered by Ptolemy the Thirteenth. They're just <laughs> like, nope, get out, and they kill him. And he's like, wait, I'm his enemy. So, um, so Caesar comes to Egypt for Pompey, and they think Caesar's going to be pleased. They're like, we killed your enemy, and he's very much not. He's like, that's not for you to do. You killed a Roman. Like, now I'm mad. So Caesar takes it personal and he declares martial law and he sets up in the royal palace. He's like, I'm going to chill here for a little while. So while he's there and Cleopatra's kind of making her plan to get back in, um, she knows she needs to get an audience with Caesar because she's like, he's going to help me defeat my brother. But since she's been exiled, she can't just walk through the palace gates. So this is where – it's really difficult with Cleopatra. There's not much written about her. So a lot of things have to kind of be strung together with what historians do have. And So there are some things that are very classic knowledge of her, if you will, but are still kind of – not 100% confirmed. And this is one of them. It is said that Cleopatra rolled herself up in a carpet and was carried in as if this was a gift to Caesar. And when they unrolled it, she's like, ta-da, and in the middle. So that's how she gets in the palace. So she pulled um, the
4: old Trojan rug move. The
5: Trojan rug move, exactly. <laughs> so her and Caesar instantly have an affinity for each other and start an affair. Like, he's just enamored by her. They defeat Ptolemy, they win the war, and supposedly her brother Ptolemy the 13th drowns in the Nile. He tries to escape and he dies. So, cut to her sister, it's her half sister, actually. Arsinoe, I, th- I think, is the pronunciation of her name. I might ruin everyone's name except for like Caesar and Cleopatra. <laughs> um, <laughs> she tries to take the throne while. This is kind of going on and Cleopatra is not really there. Not a good move. So she gets exiled to Ephesus and Cleopatra later has her exiled. So Cleopatra has a hand in the killings of each one of her siblings. Oh, Which is fun. S- scandalous. Don't mess with Cleo. <laughs> so then Cleopatra becomes the sole ruler of Egypt and gives birth to Ptolemy Caesar. He was known as Caesar. Caesarian, june 47th bc who duh this is caesar's and cleopatra's love child caesar was very um content with cleopatra ruling egypt and there was a mutual respect between them you know of intelligence and they bonded over that leadership and you know he wasn't jealous there wasn't any kind of that it was like they they really connected on being on a same level which is awesome yeah i, I love that for that. them yeah. i do too i was like this is great so in 46 BC, Caesar returns to Rome and shortly after Cleopatra and their son joins him. And the Caesar, uh, the Senate is very upset by Caesar's actions because he's already married to Calpurnia and it is not okay in Rome to have affairs. You, it's looked very poorly upon to be married and have a side fling, if you will. Okay. So Caesar's assassinated in 44 BCE. They also didn't really like how much you know Cleopatra came to Rome and there was a lot of flaunting and this kind of Egyptian flavor coming in and it just didn't settle well with them and Caesar's assassination and Caesar's whole story is a the whole literally other story and we all know that there's literally a shakespeare play about it <laughs> and to brutus <laughs> exactly so Cleopatra's like fuck this i'm out after he gets assassinated and she flees back to alexandria cuz You know, it's
2: like, she's just like,
5: I'm going to go back to Egypt. This this isn't good.
4: I actually want to ask a question real quick now that we're talking about this. Because I'm not as knowledgeable on my Shakespeare as... I should be.
5: Oh good. I thought you were gonna say as you. And I was like, don't say yeah. me. I'm terrible with Shakespeare. Well, I was
4: gonna say, is Cleopatra a character in Julius Caesar?
5: Julius Caesar wasn't one that I studied in school.
4: I think I read it once.
5: Theater class, we didn't touch that one. Literature, we didn't touch that one. Like we did others, but not and I'm I'm the worst. I Shakespeare's amazing, but I really had a hard time as a teenager focusing.
0: I did What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Binge Town TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast.
1: You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul.
2: And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes.
1: You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the GeekScape Network.
4: Do not see her on here. All right. So she didn't even make it into the Shakespeare play.
5: Yeah, that is interesting. It's, it's funny because I knew that they obviously had an affair, um, but I wasn't aware that she was kind of around when he was assassinated either because it's such a iconic historic death is like the assassination of Caesar and the whatever. But uh, yeah, I was like, oh shit. She was like right there. <laughs> Shakespeare. <laughs> it's all your fault.
4: Yeah. How dare you remove her from her. Bill history?
5: Shakespeare. So she went back to Egypt. Now we've got a friend, an ally of Caesar, Mark Antony, and he's trying to look into the wrongdoings of this murder of Caesar. So in 41 BC, she is summoned to appear before Mark Antony because they just want to get it straight what her part was in all this because it's just looking a little funny and she had no part in it, obviously, but, you know, she's, she just, she has to answer some charges she was given that she had aided Brutus and Caesar's death. So Mark Antony, Caesar's right-hand man, not the ex of JLo, but Mark Antony. And, <laughs> you know, people get him confused. I don't know. And Cleopatra makes him wait. She's summoned and she's like, I'll go on my time I don't go when he says, I go when I go. Yeah. I'm a ruler. I'm going to like hold this. So she kind of holds us out for a while and she sails finally to um, Torsus and supposedly she sails in the most like elaborate ship and dresses as a goddess. Now this is where history gets a little, she's supposedly either in the robes. I've read once that she was dressed as Isis and the other that she was dressed as Aphrodite. So no one will ever know. But it is confirmed that she came in quite the parade. They, guess what? Instantly become lovers because she has that effect on men. I know Uh, he follows Cleopatra to Egypt. He leaves behind his children and wife. He's like later. And while they're in Egypt, they form a drinking society club called the inimitable livers so, I thought that was fun. I was like, Cleopatra Mark Antony is like, you know what we should do? We should start a social drinking club. And they do. So, I'm going to, I want to figure out how we can still, like, can I still be a part of that club? Yeah. I mean, I
4: say you just start, up, start it up and call it like the local branch.
5: You're like, hey, Hello? we're just. Yeah, <laughs> I'm is. the chapter leader. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is amazing. Great. So, Mark Antony does return uh, 40 BC to Rome because, you know, maybe wife and kids is a reason. I don't know. And Cleopatra gives birth to twins. So now (laughs) she's just, she's pumping out all these love babies. And Mark Antony's wife dies. Her name was Fulvia. She dies and he's kind of forced into marrying Octavian, who is... Somewhat of it's kind of his rival, but he has to prove his loyalty to Octavian. So he has to marry Octavian's half-sister, Octavia. They're so clever with names. Yeah. Um <laughs> Forced to marry her to prove his loyalty um, in a diplomatic marriage. And meanwhile, dot, 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 Egypt is growing pretty prosperous under Cleopatra's rule. She was a very good leader and ruler and did lead Egypt into a lot of great things. But 37 BC, Mark Antony meets with Cleopatra again. So he's... St- stayed away for a few years and they meet again to obtain funds for a military campaign. He's like I'm going to go to Alexandria ask my baby mama for some money <laughs> against the kingdom of Parthia which it's so funny when you read history this old and there's all these different names of if you're not a real like ancient history buff which I wouldn't consider myself at all obviously these places have been conquered so many times and renamed and a lot of you know it'll be like modern day turkey or this that but i don't know what any of these places are like parthia i you could hold a gun (laughs) to my head and be like where is it i'd be like i don't know i don't know stop asking me i'll always (laughs) just kind of guess modern day turkey everything's modern day turkey in this time they again become lovers because you can't control the chemistry lovers gotta love yeah and they have another son so she gives birth to another son in 36 BC, Ptolemy Philodephos. Philodephos. These names are sending me on a run for my money. They have a humiliating defeat in Parthia, and Mark Antony publicly rejects his wife, Octavia. And returns to Egypt instead. So instead of letting his wife join him, which she wanted to, he's like, no. And he's like, going with her. Antony declares Caesarian, Caesar and Cleopatra's love child, as the rightful heir, opposed to his own son, and awards land to his children that he's had with Cleopatra. This does not set well with Octavian back in Rome. It begins a war between Mark Antony and Octavian, and the Roman Senate strips Mark Antony of all his titles. So... Now, you, Rome just really doesn't like these men getting involved with Cleopatra. It's just the end of all of them. Octavian also declares war on Cleopatra because he's like, I'm coming for both of you. So September 2nd, 31 BC, Octavian has a victory in the Battle of Actium. And Cleopatra deserts the battle and flees to Egypt on some ships. She's like, fuck, I'm getting out of here. So she goes off. Alexandria is under attack at the time and it's all kind of a clusterfuck because <laughs> war and Mark Antony hears a rumor that Cleopatra committed suicide. He decides to then fall on his sword is eloquently put. He kills himself and right as he dies, he gets news that that was just a rumor and she is very much alive. So they do say that he was allowed to be brought to Cleopatra to die in her arms, whether that's true or not, who knows? Cleopatra then has to meet with Octavian and he kind of puts her under a, look, this is what's going to happen. She had no control over him and couldn't manipulate him the way that she did the other men. Which I don't think, I think a lot of her seducing and manipulating, whatever you want to call it, that she had with Caesar, and Antony, I think it was a power move. I think it was political. But I also think there probably was some connection between all of them, especially with this kind of an ending. So Cleopatra basically realizes she's fucked and she asks, before she, they tell her they're going to take her captive to Rome. She's like, can I have a minute? And they're like, sure, go to your room. And she goes to her room and poisons herself and kills herself. So this is really like the first true Romeo and Juliet story. It Literally, okay. I mean, I, Shakespeare had to get it from here because he hears a rumor that she's dead, so he kills himself. She's not dead. And then she's like, he killed himself, so she kills herself.
4: See, Shakespeare's and, just stealing all types of stuff from the I know, Bill. Life.
5: Come on, <laughs> Bill. Um, this is another myth of history. It is said that she poisoned herself with an asp, uh, poison a poisonous snake, and let the snake bite her. She was thirty-nine years old when this happened, and she was buried with Mark Antony. That was her last wish. Caesarion, Caesarion was murdered, so they kill the love child of Caesar and Cleo, and the children by Mark Antony are raised by Octavia, and this ended the Ptolemaic line of Egyptian rulers. Yeah. Thus ends the dramatic story of Cleopatra. I mean... So those are kind of... You want to hear a fun fact, though, Matt? Sure. Because this is one that you're going to be like, no fucking shit. So you think of Cleopatra, you think of Egypt, you think of all the ancient funsies. Cleopatra lived closer in time to the opening of the first Pizza Hut than she did the pyramids being built. Really? Yes. Like, let your brain... Everyone, just let your brain, like... soak that in for a minute, because mine just about exploded while I shit myself when I read that. I was like, what? Insane. <laughs> the first Pizza Hut was 1958, and she was born 69 BC, and the pyramids are old. Like That just shows you how old the pyramids are.
4: That's chaos. Which
5: definitely supports the theory of aliens building them. Who knows? I mean, I guess they hit that a little bit. Liz Taylor kind of gives her nod to it, but it's it's not quite as glamorous as The epic we know, but that is Cleopatra, the seductive boss bitch who kills herself.
3: Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Gelsey,
4: the whole time I was listening to you talk to me about Cleopatra, what just kept running through my head is what is, to this day, one of my favorite videos of you, which is you and your dad doing walk like an Egyptian around
5: your house. Hashtag good old quarantine times.
4: I want to talk about this for one second because there are so many stop motion moments in those videos. Like...
5: How much the whole time, thing is stop motion.
4: Yeah, how much time did motion? that thing take up to make. A lot?
5: <laughs> it took an entire it was. I remembered a Friday night because I think like we ordered pizza or something that night. Because we were very busy shuffling around the living room, didn't have time to cook. And I know that we definitely answered the door like in our Egyptian garb because I was like, we're not changing. But there was a moment that we were like slowly, because if we just like did one pass across the room, crossing each other. We had to, like, very slowly, like, the smallest little, like, keep your feet together, shuffle forward, stop, shuffle forward, stop, shuffle. And our hands are out, like, hieroglyphic, you know, figures, like, Egyptian. And just slowly staying stoic and there was one moment i was like this is what we're doing with our friday night and we just broke down and started laughing that just the reality (laughs) check i forget how long it took it wasn't as painful as you would think but we also had a lot of time (laughs) it was quarantine
4: so that would you say that that was or was not the video that took you the most time to do during no no
5: all right no because you want to talk about stop motion. Mary Poppins had a lot of stop oh, motion. That took forever.
4: Right.
5: <laughs> that <laughs> that was, took forever. That was
4: your most ambitious. And I feel like <laughs> shortly thereafter, mm-hmm. you started to walk away from doing those videos that I'm sure Mary Poppins yeah, may I think have the, killed you. I
5: think Grease was the next one. And that was like a pretty easy one compared to them. It was like a shorter song. It was just easier. Um, Rocky Heart, Time Warp took a lot of like makeup time. And a lot more, like, creative, like, okay, how are we going to do this? Where are we going to film this? Like, that kind of took more brain power of, like, what angle do we want this in sense? So that that one did, I remember, take a lot of time but um, editing, but the, the stop motion Mary Poppins was pretty detail heavy. And so, yeah, I, I kind of walked away from that and then dove into a larger project making my own web series. And that was yeah. even... A larger headache.
4: <laughs> yeah. And for those of you who might be listening and don't actually know any of this, you didn't come as a Gelsie Laurie fan. You just came as a fan of vintage entertainment. Uh and you, you can left check out, as a
5: Gelsie Laurie fan. Yeah. <laughs> you
4: can check out her YouTube channel where all of these still live, right?
5: Yeah, they do. They're all there. Everything I made in quarantine and past them. Last year, I started getting into parody videos and writing some parodies. So I've got about four of those on as well. So yeah, check it out. Hope you giggle because that's why I made them is to spread some laughter.
4: Gelsie, after they go and watch your entire YouTube channel, uh, Mm -hmm. be it the movie recreations, the song parodies, or even just you singing songs in a shower, uh, where can they go to let us
5: know how much they've loved all of the things that you did? They can let us know on Instagram at Time underscore podcast or on Facebook. Just search for Before My Time We Will pop up and uh, let us know there. Just be like, yo, that was some crazy shit you did in quarantine. Or maybe you can just be like, hey, you're nuts. And I'll be like, you don't think I know that? Also, while you're here, you can give us a comment, little little review and some little love. goes a long way and we really appreciate it. And I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in every week. Thanks, guys.
3: You're listening to the Geekscape Network.
0: What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast.
1: You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes.
2: I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes.
1: You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the GeekScape Network.
3: You're listening to the GeekScape Network.